You're listening to the Essential Stepmom Podcast. Unconventional advice and inspiration on the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. I'm Tracy Poisner, mom of one, stepmom of three. I woke up one day after more than 10 years of step parenting challenges like alienation, loyalty, high conflict, and long distances, and found myself standing in what appeared to be the actual light at the end of the tunnel. This podcast is my way of shining that light back over my shoulder so you and all the others can find your way here too. If you want more of what you hear on this podcast, connect with me at EssentialStepMom.com where you'll find my blog, podcast show notes, and other stepmom-related resources. This episode is part two of my interview with Christina Providence. I'm not going to include her introduction of herself. You can go back and listen to part one for that. But Christina refers to herself as an energy worker. She's a gestalt coach and also a Reiki master. On top of teaching dance at a university and running her own Pilates studio. In this episode, you're going to get to hear some seriously outside the box thinking, which is what I so love about talking to Christina. I want you to pay careful attention to how she describes working in a high-challenge environment, which is exactly what step-parenting is, and how she explains why you think you might suck at it. I'm dying for you to talk about Drop the Knives. (laughs) Dropping the Knives. It's my favorite. Awesome. Okay, sure. So the metaphor is dropping the knives. And um, it comes from, I wonder if we have anybody watching now or on replay that's ever juggled before. Do we have any jugglers in the group? It comes Let us from, know. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if you're a juggler, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So I'll skip the big, long backstory, but we'll kind of start. I was at a juggling performance, a gala performance for um, an international conference of jugglers, which is in itself another story, but... <laughs> I was in the audience and I was watching these two guys, you know, a gala performance at a conference for jugglers is a bunch of people, um, you know, world-class jugglers pulling out their edgiest tricks. Like they're all doing, they show off the thing they can do well, and then they push it to its limit. And a lot, like they, they test to fail. Like they go as far as they can until the trick breaks. Um, So they're not trying to look glossy. They're trying to push themselves and the whole audience of like, you know, 300 people or so is all there for it. So it's a really cool environment to be in super geeky and nerdy, Mm -hmm. um, which is totally my vibe. And um, so these two guys are on stage and they're juggling knives and they have this partner routine where they're actually, you know, they're juggling knives and they're, they're tossing them back and forth with each other. And I was watching how they went about it. And, um, and they, you know, they start and they have like three knives each and they're just juggling. And this is like a walk in the park for these guys. And they're just juggling, juggling. And then, and tr- you know, t- tossing them back and forth. And then they go to four knives, which isn't much harder for them. And then five, which they're pretty good at. Um, but you can see that they're having to pay a little bit closer attention. The tricks are not as fancy. And then six knives, which is like right at their edge. You can see that like they can do it. Um, I, they, they, you know, they kept it going, but that was it. And then they pause and they get one more knife. So they're at seven knives. And I think there's only one, one of the two that was going this far. And you know, from watching that this is like, this is the trick he's going to try. 
And, um, and the standard that jugglers measure is how many catches they can get. So, um, you know, if you're doing seven knives, the first thing you try to do is get seven catches. And then, you, you know, anything you do past that is bonus. So this guy gets going and he starts juggling and he can do X number of catches. I wasn't counting. But when he got to the point where he was like the cadence was kind of off, the rhythm was off, um, he didn't keep going. Like he just dropped the knives and stepped back and just let them fall down. And that was that. And he just, he like drops the knives, looks at the audience and is like, here I am, you know, and then he picks them all up you know, four in one hand and three in the other, turns to the audience with the knives in his hand and they start clapping and he takes a bow, you know? And then he went again. So that's it. Like, I was like, et voila, there's the, there's the metaphor that, you know, those of us um, who are high performers and I'm venturing a guess that most of the women in, this, in your group are, even if you don't feel like it, because that's another thing is like, you're working so hard, you're at the edge, what I call your growth edge, the edge of your ability way outside, way past comfort zone. You're like way past stretch zone even. Um, so you feel like you're sucking, you know, you feel like this, I'm terrible at this, but it's not because you suck. It's because the, the situation is at the, it's like so challenging. It's at the edge of human ability. And so, um, but if we take it on ourselves and we think there's something wrong with us and that's why things aren't working, yes. we keep trying to catch the knives, you know, and it's like, ah, if I keep trying, maybe it'll work this time. We end up like bloody and <laughs> a disaster. Yeah. You know, stabbing ourselves. Yes. With our abilities with what should be our superpowers. Yeah. And yeah. And Kaylee says, I feel like if I drop the knives, they're all going to stab me, which is there is that's the whole thing. Like there is an art to dropping the knives. And I'll tell you what, Kaylee, you know this as well as I do. If you don't drop them on purpose, then they will stab you anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that's the, that's why we actually we need support when we're in this situation, because um you know, once you're past the point of no return, you're already there. Like you're already in trouble. And the point is, if you can get healthy support for a minute that you can drop the knives and figure things out and set yourself up so that the next situation is better and the next is better and the next is better and it becomes an educational process. And then you, you know, you retrain yourself and the whole the entire 100% key to it all is knowing how to get support. Yeah. It is, it is the, it is the thing that moves the needle. You know, there's like a, there's a, uh, um, grid, like picture like a vertical axis and a horizontal axis and the vertical axis is challenge. So if you're in a high challenge situation, which step parenting is by nature, then if you have a lot of support, so Here's the, here's challenge and here's support, high challenge, high support. You're in growth mode. It's called growth. But if you're in high challenge, but low support, it's called stress mode. Yeah. So the thing that shifts you from stress to growth is support. And once you get support, then you, um, your, your entire life becomes a creative process. So step parenting in and of itself 
I know you know, can be a creative process. When you have the support you need, when you're feeling good, when you're in the flow, when you're feeling the vibe, it's creative. You know, even the challenges, you bring your best self, you bring your whole self to the challenges and you create this rising tide for yourself and for your family. But when you don't have support, then you have that circling down the drain. And the thing is about support is that lack of support is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. So it's your job to create support. And, you know, it's like, sometimes that's the hardest thing. And it feels like the hardest thing in the world, but that's the task ahead of you is sourcing and creating support in creative ways. And most of the time, it's impossible to do without some sort of outside eye, because we're already at the edge of our abilities where it's happening in our blind spot. So we need we need help. Yeah. yeah. And I that that's so brilliant. I wanted to write it down because I want to make sure that everybody sees that, you know, yeah. um, I, that's a beautiful way of putting it. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. Yes. Yeah. It takes a tribe. Yeah. To raise a stepchild. Yeah, it does. It just does. It takes a tribe to raise a stepmother too. You know, step <laughs> great stepmothers are, are not born. They're right. made. It's yeah. a process. Yeah. And none of us popped out of the womb knowing how to do this. This yeah. is not, there's no step maternal instinct, right? Yeah. This is a, this is a wholly unnatural uh, kind of situation we're in as far as nature is concerned, mm -hmm. right? Nature does not design us to, you know, to split uh, apart our parents and grow new parents on another branch or something. Right. So we're, we're total pioneers at this all of us who are stepmothers, this is a brand new um, social construct, uh, being a stepparent. Yeah. And um, like I said, nobody was born knowing how to do this. And it may be that you have, um, you're in a situation of less support because of circumstances outside of your control. But yeah. having said that, you know, here we are on Right. social media with our tentacles out over the whole yeah. world, um, yeah. finding each other and connecting and getting resources. Right. And it's on you to know that it's a, um, it's a necessity to have yeah, well, support thing, to be successful at this. Yeah. The thing about um, lacking support that's really hard to see when you're in it, um, but easy to see once you get out of that situation the thing about lacking support in a lot of situations is not that you're doing something wrong. It's that you have outgrown what used to work. Mm. And so when, when you take it on from that particular point of view, you see that you are growing, your family is growing, you're, you know, the level of challenge is there because of, your growth or the growth of, you know, something and your task of sourcing and creating support is there to help you increase that increase capacity, right? You know, and so that increased capacity, when you get it, it feels really good. It feels like resilience. It feels like strength. It feels like joy. And so all of those things that used to feel like burdens become 
become joyful. And, you know, it might be hard to see when you're really, really in trouble, but you, if you reflect on other circumstances in your life, you might be, re, might be able to remember a situation like that. You know, maybe it was a dance class or a sports experience or something that happened at work where, like, I remember when I was a kid and I just couldn't, like, I was learning algebra, right? And I'm like, numbers are not letters. Letters <laughs> are not numbers. Like, this is ridiculous. And then yeah. when I figured out how to solve for X, it was like, oh my gosh, this makes sense, you know? Yeah. And sometimes when things are really hard for me, I'm like, oh, well, that I remember that, you know? I remember learning to ride the subway in New York. <laughs> you know? yeah. Things that used to feel like crazy hard. And now I'm, I'm like, it, it's just a normal thing in my life because I've grown and I've built capacity. And that particular experience now serves as a vehicle to be able to do all kinds of other things. And, you know, it might be a, a, a step too far to dream that big when you're really, really struggling with your family. Mm -hmm. um, but it helps to know that, that that possibility exists and then to kind of bring it back home and say, what do I need in this moment? So, for, so first off, I can drop the knives. Yes. And then, you know, <laughs> and like, and you know, know what else? That there's a reason, you know. You know what else know I love? Leading somewhere. I love about that image apart from dropping the knives. Yeah. Is the idea that it's, it is the, um, it's expected as part of right. a performance that you yes. come to a place where you have to drop them. There's nobody yes. who goes on to juggle 15, 35, 120 knives till everybody gets bored and goes home. Right. Like, like yeah. there, the audience isn't there to watch you fail and laugh at you. Right. They're there to see you, um, try and, yeah. And laugh when they drop and pick them up and try again. Right. Like that's part of the, it's part of the, the expectation. And I think that we often feel in a stepmother role that yeah. people are watching us and, um, you know, waiting for us to fail in some way that mm -hmm. is going to prove to us that we weren't good enough to begin with, or we're not as good as somebody else, or, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's some other stepmom, or whether it's a bio mom, or whether it's not meeting up to your own expectations of yeah. what you could do. But screwing up is part of the gig. Right. And yeah. you, you get to laugh and bow down and say, okay, I, you know, lost yeah. it here. Let's try again. Yeah. And, and that has to that if that part feels normal, you're 99% uh, of the way on your road to, you know, being able to uh, do all the other pieces that you need to, mm -hmm. um, to recover from, uh, to recover from burnout, to manage your energy, to be creative, to, mm -hmm. you know, stretch yourself in a positive, creative way to, to go farther. And as far as the stretching goes, like I'm constantly saying that my um, my bigger goal in running this group and in doing everything that I do is to help women access their personal growth piece through the challenges of step parenting. Um, because, you know, I for me anyway, it's been one of the great challenges of my life, although I'm like I'm totally happy in my stepmom situation and I have, I have really great stepkids who have, you know, taught me a lot, 
but it's just the nature of living with somebody else's kids who aren't your own and who have their own passel of problems that you can't always help them with as much as you might like to that's that that's hard on you and Mm -hmm. some of us are suffering a lot from not being able to or or from you know worrying a lot about how to support our stepkids in the right way through challenges that have nothing to do with us finally well that and also some uh, some people are are struggling with that and then they also themselves don't have a lot of support you know right. it's like all challenge and no support and that's yep. that I mean I think you hit on something really important and actually Kaylee's on it too she says glad screwing up is part of it because I lost one of my knives <laughs> last week and that's the thing like you guys both are on to something really important which is keeping your sense of humor <laughs> and in order to keep your sense of humor like most of the time we need people to be laughing with us not at us and there's always going to be like, don't like, there's going to be haters, right? They're the knives in, yeah. this, in this scenario. And not everybody's going to approve of what we do. And certainly not everybody's going to support us. And even, you know, people are going to actively oppose us and sometimes make our lives incredibly difficult. And the more that happens, the more support we need so that we can be bigger than those challenges. Yeah. You know, and if when we feel that the challenges are bigger than us, then that is when we really, really struggle. And 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 the kind of pitfall of that is that the bigger, like when we feel small, the challenges feel big. Our our eyes are like we're like deer in the headlights. The challenges are all we can see. We feel like we're drowning. You know, being stabbed by knives. And the thing that's difficult and worth the trouble is to look around and look for it's like mr rogers says look for the helpers you know he's that's like his quote from in a catastrophe or a crisis that to immediately look for the helpers yeah and um and fixate on them and then cultivate that like you know it it's it sanitizes the whole situation like you become bigger your your supportive tribe becomes bigger and these challenges instead of feeling like a mountain in front of you they become stepping stones or you know at least something that you can you can move around or move through well that's just great I I love this that's can everybody see why I love talking to Christina (laughs) Christina was my mastermind partner last year on a course that we were taking and when I I heard her talking somewhere and I went oh oh pick me pick me (laughs) Uh, it was so. It nice goes both to... ways. You're it's... you're pretty brilliant. I, oh, I know, I know your group knows that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank I... you, dear. Yeah. Well, they so. So does everybody get why I love this idea of dropping the knives? We're talking about stepping back. We're talking about it. You, you could call it disengaging. You could call it nachoing, Laurie. I see you on there, right? But you can call it whatever you like. But at some point you have to drop the knives or something's going to stab you in the hand or the eye or the forehead. Right. Right. And we all push ourselves to, um, to take on a bigger and bigger piece of this until it gets to be too much. Yeah. And, and then what do you do? Right. Then you feel you're often in a position of feeling like everybody's going to either laugh at me or hate me. If I pull (laughs) back from this and say that was more than I can do. Yeah. We're not talking about, drop the baby on his head here, <laughs> right. right? You're not talking about, about um, 
dropping, <laughs> you know, like get in your car and run away and don't come back. It's not that kind of right. drop the knives. It's like, okay, hold on. I realize yeah. now that I'm juggling too much stuff and yeah. I can't do it. And yeah. so like, if I'm going to get back to juggling five things instead of seven, you have to, you have to stop for a minute and say, yeah. how do I do that? You don't get to just like, I mean, what, what Christina is saying is that they don't let one knife fall on the floor and keep going with six. Cause mm -hmm. that's not, that's not part of the show, you know? Right. Um, so it's, it's okay to what feels to you like maybe like dropping everything for a minute, yeah. even yeah. if it's for an hour right? so that you get to put yourself back together. Right? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah, I, I, I tell people to go in the bathroom and shut the door yeah. and like do some tapping for five minutes or something, yeah. but anything that you do to um, intentionally remove yourself from a situation where you can see that you're out of your depth or that right. you're, it's too much for you. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. I think the really, the really important thing um, is that this is not so much about um, a shift in your circumstances as it is a shift in your thinking. Um, Preach. Right. Because totally. it's about, it's about like getting, bring, getting your awareness back and having this higher level of consciousness. And it's like, um, like one of the basic, I, I love this little story about mindset, which is that like, imagine you go out, um, you know, you've had a long day and you go out to your car and you have a parking ticket on your car. And you know, if you're, if you, if this happens to you and you're like, crap, like the world is out to get me, you know, my life sucks. I, nothing, I, nothing can go right for me. To, I, nothing can go right for me today. Nothing goes right for me ever. I'm the unluckiest person <laughs> in the world, you know, and you spiral down that hole yeah. and it becomes all about you and how, you know, something's wrong with you or something's wrong with the world. And if you can notice that you're in that state of mind and realize that it's not reality, it is your current perspective, your current, um, the way that you're seeing things. And you may or may not be able to shift your, you might still feel that way, but to know that that's not reality, it's how you're feeling. And then the, the difference would be when you're in a better state of mind, you walk out to see the parking ticket and you're like, shoot, there's a parking ticket. What do I have to do next time so I don't get a parking ticket? Oh, no, <laughs> you know? if you're me, you're going... Yeah. Oh my God, they didn't tow my car. Thank right. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. They didn't tow my car. Thank yeah. you. I'm the luckiest yeah. person ever. Oh, yeah. I was so, I'm so happy. I didn't have to like yeah. drive down, go somewhere, like right. take a taxi to the end of the world and pay $250 to get my car back. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and the thing is like some of this, some, for me, like I can be any of those three, like I can be, it's called fixed mindset is like when there's nothing you can do, it's either you're stupid or the world's out to get you and there's nothing you can do about it. That's called fixed mindset. And then when you, when you're more like, what do I need to do next time? So this doesn't happen. That's called learning mindset or growth mindset. And I have both and most people do. It's not like an either or. Um, and then for you, you know, the even better, like optimized mindset, I don't know if it has a name, but, um, you know, looking at the bright side of the whole thing, sometimes I'm there as well. But I think the thing, the first thing is to have the awareness that when you're feeling really, really bad, or even just a little bit bad, or just frustrated, 
to understand that um, it's, it's not 100% reality, that you're co-creating that reality. Yes, there are things happening and sometimes they're really awful. No, no debating that. Um, and at the same time, that you're, the part that you can't control is how you come to it and how you bring yourself. And that's the creative piece and that things do pass, you know, circumstances pass. And so to do what I call procrastinating ahead, <laughs> which is that, you know, I can't handle this right now. I'm going to look ahead at what I can do, um, you know, for the next time this comes around. So what can I procrastinate, like let go of the, the stuff that I can't handle right now and, and do something that'll help me for the future. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Well, this is awesome. I could totally talk to you all day and we sometimes do when nobody's listening. <laughs> Christina, this was amazing. Thanks again very, very much. And tell everybody, please, where they can find you if they want more Christina Providence. Sure. There's um, three easy ways to find me, um, depending on how you want to engage. So I have a website and two free groups on Facebook. Um, my website is theprovidencemethod.com. And it's not, there's not a lot on the website, but it's the best place to reach me if you're interested in one-to-one -one work with me. So you can kind of get a, go check, check on the website and there's a contact form where that goes straight into my email. So you can fill out the contact form and let me know a little bit about what caught your interest and um, what you'd like to talk about. And we can, you know, chat a little over email or set up a phone call if that feels right. Um, so that's number one. And if you're more interested in just sort of the tips and, and things like that, I go live pretty often in my um, Facebook group, Side Hustle Think Tank. So um, the main thing that I do is, in my coaching hey, is work with women who are starting a side hustle because that's the creative process that it turns out a lot of my clients end up doing. So if you're interested in the side hustle thing, go to Side Hustle Think Tank, drop me a join request. And um, I'm in there live usually once a week or so, although I'm taking the next couple weeks off. Um, and then I also have a group called Rainmaker Hive Mind, which is high-performing women, life and leader education. Um, super cool group of women from all walks of life supporting each other. Um, so you can drop me a join request there as well. Thanks again. And um, maybe we'll do this again one time. Cool. I'm in. Whoa. Okay. I'm knocking my rig over here. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Take care. I just love Christina's model of challenge and support, and I think it applies so perfectly to the step-parent experience. The intersection of challenge and support is just a fact of life. It's how the world works, and we need high-quality support in order to rest and recover. Otherwise, a break just becomes a pause instead of a real rejuvenation. And it turns out that support is the only thing that makes the difference between living in stress mode and growth mode, where every part of your life is fulfilling your own potential in some way. That's all for this episode. If you liked what you heard here, don't forget to subscribe and you'll get a new podcast from me every Tuesday. I hang out with an amazing group of wise, funny, and infinitely supportive stepmoms at The Spectacular Stepmom, a closed Facebook group. Just shoot us a join request and be part of this lovely tribe. 
You can always reach me by email at info at the essential stepmom.com.